Your health is what you make it. Everything you do and think either adds to the vitality, energy, and spirit you possess or takes away from it. Yeah, that's not a good one. See, the body is like a piano, and happiness is like music. It is needful to have the instrument in good order. Yeah, it's too common sensey. The groundwork of all happiness is health. Yeah, it's common sense that, yeah, start with health and stay ha- healthy and happy. Uh, take care of your body. It's the only place you have to live. Again, too, too common sensey. If we could give every individual the right amount of nourishment and exercise, not too little and not too much, we would have found the safest way to health. Hello and welcome to episode 316 of Under the Call of MS, a Wellness Wednesday episode all about health and wellness and MS related stuff. So, just wasn't happy with any of those quotes, so I just had to keep trying different ones, see which ones were best. Hippocrates, 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 Hippocrates. <laughs> His was the last one. That was probably the best one of all of them. But, yeah, nothing too exciting. Let's see here. Let's look at some stuff we got piled up in our messaging areas. See if there's any good information for us. See some foods that help with your oral health, maybe. Let's see. You can try, we're going to look at some foods that will actively promote oral health and some that will increase your likelihood of cavities, bleeding gums, and sensitive teeth. We're going to start out, ones that you should eat are cocoa nibs, chocolates, one of our favorite comfort foods. But without added sugar, it can help prevent cavities by keeping certain oral bacteria in check and stopping plaque from forming on teeth. So stick to cacao nibs or dark chocolate with very little to no sugar, as the extra stuff in your average Snickers bar will totally counteract the benefits of chocolate. It's, yeah, it's very tart, nasty tasting that once you go above that, 70% 70% cacao in your chocolate bar, but I don't mind it up to about 80, 85. That's about as high as I go with it. Grass-fed dairy, which can be hard to find. Grass-fed dairy products such as cheese and butter are high in vitamin K2, which I believe is potassium-related. A nutrient that is vital for healthy teeth. I'm sorry if you hear me slurping today. I'm drinking my coffee as we do this podcast. Woke up this morning to a big old snowstorm outside. So I just ain't going nowhere and I'm going to get some work done around my area finally today. 
get my podcasting area cleaned up a little more and get some more stuff organized and gone through. And I've been kind of looking forward to a couple good snowy days. I got to get taxes ready and all that shit because it's the start of the new year. So I got to start getting all that stuff together and get through the files. And So I like this time of year when we have a snowstorm for a few days. But that's about it. Like tomorrow, I got a doctor's appointment, so I don't want to really deal with snow tomorrow. So today is fine, as long as it goes away after that. Uh, they say the bite, the majority of the world's population is probably vitamin K two deficient, but it can be hard to find grass fed things. I look for grass fed butter. And I was told the person ordered it in the past and just didn't sell. And it was outrageously priced. It's like, well, that's why it didn't sell. It's like, all it is is freaking butter people from cows that eat grass. I mean, really? You got to jack up the price? Because you don't have a cow that's stuck in a pen that can move two feet a day. And gets fed whatever shit hay and straw they come across or whatever. I don't know. Not really understand why they have to yank it up. But other high K2 foods that support dental health include natto, which I have no idea what that is, N-A-T-T-O, beef, goose liver pate, gross. <laughs> I'm sure it's good. Uh, eggs and chicken liver. Many of these foods are also high in phosphorus, a new nutrient that teeth crave. Then we got fatty fish. Fatty fish is an important component of many healthy diet patterns. As it's so high in vitamin D, this nutrient is necessary for nearly every system of the body. But one of its lesser known benefits is its ability to reduce the risk of tooth decay. Vitamin D works synergistically with vitamins A and K2 to deliver calcium to the teeth, strengthening enamel from the inside out. A deficiency in any of these nutrients can lead to weakened enamel. Uh, If you get yourself some nice fatty fish, you get yourself some nice grass-fed dairy butter, you sit there and get yourself a nice big chunk of salmon. Put it on a nice cast iron pan or whatever fry pan you have. I like to use cast iron or use something that has ridges, cross sections. Put a little olive oil in there. Sprinkle a little sea salt and black pepper on one on the downside of the salmon. Set that on a nice hot uh medium to high heat pan, you'll hear it sizzle. You want to hear that sizzle. Set it on there, sprinkle salt, sea salt and black, cracked black pepper on the top of it with a little dill. And then put a slab of, well, after you cook it for a little bit, some people like to flip it, get grill marks on both sides, but either way, I cook it to almost doneness, and then I'll sometimes 
stick a little, like a tablespoon of butter right on top of the salmon and set it in the oven. Uh, another nice fish to do it with would be cod. You can make poor man's lobster. Just take your cod fillets, put them in a glass pan, put water about half, a third to halfway up the fish. Uh, while you're doing all this, have your oven preheating at 425. And then I squirt a little lemon in with the water. I sprinkle a little salt and pepper on my fish. Oh, sometimes I skip the pepper. Just use a little salt, uh, a little garlic powder, uh, a little onion powder, maybe. If you want that extra seasoning, you don't have to. Uh, and then paprika on top of the fish. And then I just cube up some butter, put it in there. Usually put one one little square square pad on each piece of fish. Then just throw it in the oven until the fish flakes. And there's a, two examples of ways you can get nice fish and uh, grass-fed products put together. So you're getting that K2 with the vitamin D. It's always great when you can combine things and double up, triple up on your things. And here's another one that you could add right to your meal also. Make yourself a nice bowl of salad with some leafy greens. Greens are a beneficial... Oh my god, I'm having a hiccup attack <laughs> and burps. <laughs> Sorry about that. I better take a swig of coffee. But their greens are beneficial prebiotics within the mouth that healthy oral bacteria feed on. In contrast to high-carbohydrate foods, leafy greens help the mouth produce more nitrate-reducing bacteria. In turn, your mouth and cardiovascular system benefit from an increase in nitric oxide. Not only will leafy greens leave your teeth feeling cleaner, but they'll also actively support a healthy healthier oral microbiome after the burp and hiccup attack now i can't talk but there you go now you got fish with your grass-fed butter you got a nice side salad on the side you got chocolate nibs for dessert that you could do some type of little thing with now you could actually make yourself a nice little <clears throat> pudding or something like that and then just sprinkle some chocolate nibs into it or maybe a cranberry jello or something like that use my cranberry jello recipe uh next up is grape grapefruit and oranges which you can also have on the side some orange slices while acidic foods can have a negative effect on teeth Grapefruit, oranges, and other citrus fruits can actually benefit oral health when eaten in moderation. Both grapefruit and oranges contain high levels of vitamin C, which strengthens the blood vessels and connective tissues within the mouth. It slows the progression of gum inflammation. That could otherwise lead to gum disease. Just be careful. 
because I myself love grapefruit but cannot have it anymore because of medications I take. It counteracts with them and makes me feel sick. So definitely got to watch that. Check with your medications. Hey, foods you should avoid. Crackers. Uh, the carbohydrates and crackers like saltines or goldfish break down quickly in the mouth and within seconds are just sugar for pathogenic bacteria to feast on. As the bacteria chows down, they excrete acid onto teeth that lead to plaque buildup and tooth decay. You can try a brand of crackers made from just seed and nuts with no wheat in it. That would be better for you. Dried fruit's bad for you. It's a bummer. Uh, dried fruit has been stripped of all the water. What's left behind is similar to a sticky caramel that feeds sugar to the oral microbiome. So that makes sense. I mean, there is all sweeter when you dehydrate it. Soda, yes, even diet soda. Apart from their high sugar content, all sodas, even the ones with zero calories, contain a great deal of acid. On the pH scale, many common soft drinks rank between 2 and 3, which is highly acidic even compared with drinks such as coffee, which I'm going to take a sip of right now. Acidity to this level within the mouth is more than likely going to contribute to decay, gum inflammation, and general dysbiosis of the oral microbiome. Kombucha. Something lots of people are drinking nowadays. It's generally considered a healthy drink because it contains healthy bacteria and many antioxidants that help the body fight disease. However, many brands of kombucha contain a significant amount of added sugar and don't actually contain active bacteria. In this case, the benefits may outweigh the drawbacks. If you want to get good kombucha that's good for your, for you orally and for your gut, look for one that has visible particles left over from the scooby, the nasty-looking mushroom that's a giant mushroom that floats around in it that's used to brew it. And has no added sugars. So check the label. Look inside the liquid. See how it looks. Look for the nasty boogers floating around. <laughs> Beans and lentils are food often considered healthy for good reason. But the presence of phytic, phytic acid might mean that they contribute to tooth decay. Phytic acid binds to nutrients such as calcium, phosphorus, vitamin D, and magnesium and may make it more difficult for your teeth to absorb them. I don't have to worry with any of these things because my teeth are gone. So, unless it's going to decay my dentures, I don't have to worry. So, But it may help you. So try it out. Let's see, nightshade vegetables. They belong to the family of plants with the Latin name Solanacea. 
potatoes, tomatoes, peppers, and eggplants are all common nightshades. Many are rich sources of nutrients and serve as staple foods for various cultures. However, some believe that certain groups of people may be better off eliminating nightshades. They claim that har harmful substances found in these vegetables may com contribute to inflammatory bowel disease and other autoimmune conditions. So most commonly consumed nightshade vegetables are eggplants, peppers, potatoes, tobacco, tomatillos, and tomatoes. Nightshades being to the Salancia family of plants, they include those ones that we just mentioned. So. Many health professionals encourage you to eat nightshades because of their high nutrient density. This means they pack a lot of nutrients with fewer calories, like tomatoes or a good source of vitamin A and C. They also have antioxidants called lycopene. These nutrients may reduce markers of inflammation and lower the risk of sev several chronic diseases. Peppers contain incredible amounts of vitamin C, which can provide many health benefits, including healthy and enhanced iron absorp absorption. Chili peppers contain caps capsaicin, which gives the peppers their heat. Supplementing with capsaicin powder has been found to help alleviate heartburn symptoms and may benefit weight loss efforts by helping reduce calorie intake. Eggplants are a good source of dietary fiber, providing 2.5 grams of fiber per cup. This important nutrient helps regulate bowel movements and may lower your risk of heart disease. Potatoes with the skin on contains fair amounts of potassium, vitamin B6, and manganese. Nightshades are nutrient-dense foods that may provide a number of health benefits through their vitamin, mineral, fiber, and antioxidant content. But are they harmful for people with autoimmune diseases? Some animal studies suggest that nightshades could have negative effects in people with IBD, but more research is needed in humans before recommendations to eliminate nightshades can be made. Of course, you always need more research. Oh, no, I'm out of coffee. All right, that's okay. It's starting to taste like shit anyways. People claiming to have nightshade sensitivities have found symptom relief by avoiding them. Though there's no research supporting this, others have rare allergies to nightshades. Most people are encouraged to eat nightshade vegetables. However, if you have an autoimmune condition, you may consider eliminating nightshades to evaluate any changes in your symptoms. Like I say, <coughs> continuously, eliminate everything you can from your system for a certain amount of time. 30-day flush is good. Get yourself on a strict diet for 30 days. See if there's any effects that are causing you problems during that 30 days with what you are eating. And then gradually add things back. 
add one nightshade vegetable to your diet every couple of weeks and just see what happens. And if it goes all right, set it aside and try the next one. Don't cut, don't pile them up and get a bunch of them in your system all of a sudden because it might counter effect somehow and you won't know for sure what you're getting out of it. I say try one for a week or two and then try the next one for a week or two and just see how your body reacts to it. Uh, some substitutes you can try. You can switch to sweet potatoes. You can use pesto instead of tomato sauce. You can consume citrus fruits if you want your vitamin C like we talked earlier for your oral stuff, oral health. You can eat more leafy greens, like spinach, kale, and collard greens are a great source of many vitamins, minerals, and dietary fiber. So you don't have to have nightshades. There's plenty of other substitutes. So if you want to eliminate nightshades, that means missing out on some important nutrients. However, there are other nutrient-rich foods you can try to fix that. See what happens, but basically nightshade vegetables contain important nutrients. And provide many health benefits. Most people are encouraged to eat them. Other people may choose to avoid them. Due to sensitivities. If you feel that you're sensitive nightshades. There are plenty of other fruits and vegetables you can try. So. Keep that in mind. Check that out. Try different things. And let your body tell you how it feels. Let's see. Some tonics that fight inflammation and pain. And if you have an autoimmune disease, you're going to have probably be dealing with a lot of pain and certain foods can make those pains worse. Things that cause inflammation and stuff. So you want to work around and try and find some anti-inflammation foods, things that are better for you that aren't going to affect your body as badly. Uh, a study found that drinking a tonic of baking soda and water may help reduce inflammation, but be careful. Some studies suggest there may be a harmful side effect to ingesting baking soda regularly over time. I never, like liver damage and bone loss, I never accepted it as a regular type thing. I would not do it regularly. I know people that have some old timers that were obsessed with it, used it for their teeth, used it for drinking, health issues, all that stuff. But the benefits are that it's easy, baking soda is easily accessible, assess, accessible, tells the body to calm its autoimmune response and should only be consumed short term. If you want to try it, combine a quarter teaspoon of baking soda with 8 to 12 ounces of water. Drink the baking soda and water tonic after a meal twice a week, but for no more than four weeks. Uh, parsley and ginger green juice. Uh, studies have found that parsley's active ingredient, carnosol, Targets inflammation caused by rheumatoid arthritis. And ginger is a well-known anti-inflammatory that prevents the production of 
you're playing with Tory molecules like Postagladin and Leukotriene as well, pro-inflammatory cytokines. These are a type of protein found in cells. Uh, ginger contains gingerol, a powerful anti-inflammatory. It may help reduce muscle soreness and pain and aids in digestion. You can make your own juice at home by adding these things to a juicer, a large handful of parsley, two cups of spinach, one green apple, one lemon, one small cucumber, two to three celery stalks, and one to two inches of ginger. Drink the parsley and ginger green juice once daily for eight to 12 weeks and see how you feel. Uh, next up would be lemon plus turmeric tonic. Uh, the curcumin benefits you get from it help with chronic inflammation, provides antioxidant protection by neutralizing free radicals, fights brain degeneration. Basically, if you want to try it in a small saucepan, combine one tablespoon fresh grated turmeric, one tablespoon fresh grated ginger, one juice of one lemon, the rind of that lemon, and three cups filtered water. Optional, you can add one to two teaspoons of maple syrup or raw honey and or a pinch of cayenne pepper. They like to add those things to nasty drinks to try and kill the taste, the flavors. Bring to a simmer over medium to medium high heat, then turn off heat. Be careful not to let it fully boil. Set a small strainer over your serving glasses and divide the liquid between two mugs. You can store the strained leftovers in a fridge for up to two or three days. When ready to eat, reheat on the stovetop until just warm. Drink one to one and two-third cups of lemon and turmeric tonic every day for up to four weeks. One that won't be nasty tasting, probably, would be bone broth. Uh, its benefits, it fights inflammation, it contains collagen, which helps support joint health, and it may promote better sleep, mental function, and memory. In a 10-quart slow cooker, combine 2 pounds of chicken bones, preferably from free-range chickens, 2 chicken feet, 1 onion, 2 carrots, 2 celery stalks, 2 tablespoons of apple cider vinegar, and a gallon of water. Optionally, you can add a bunch of parsley, a tablespoon or more of sea salt, a teaspoon of peppercorns, and additional herbs of your liking if you want different types of flavors like Italian herbs and stuff like that. Simmer it for 24 to 48 hours, skimming fat occasionally. Remove from heat and allow it to cool slightly. Discard the solids and strain the remainder in a bowl through a colander. Let stock cool to room temperature, then cover and chill. You can drink one to two cups of bone broth a day. Nice little thing later at night or whatever. You can also eat it as a soup. Use a 
use batch within a week or freeze up to three months. And then there's a functional food smoothie that you can try that has cod liver oil, which has contains vitamins A and D, both powerful antioxidants. It's a source of anti-inflammatory omega-3 fatty acids and may help reduce joint pain in people with rheumatoid arthritis. Basically, in a blender, combine two scoops of Metagenics Ultra Inflamix, one tablespoon Designs for Health GI Revive, uh, half a teaspoon Designs for Health Probiotic Synergy, one tablespoon Arctic Cod Liver Oil, one scoop Designs for Health Paleo Greens, and one tablespoon Designs for Health Paleo Reds, and apparently this uh, information definitely promoted Designs for Health Company. Uh, 12, to, 12 to 16 ounces of purified water. Optionally, you can add a quarter cup frozen organic berries and or a half cup rice, hemp, or coconut milk. Drink this food smoothie as a meal replacement for breakfast or drink with your regular breakfast. There's some things you can try out for anti-inflammation issues. And we're going to end this here and get right back to you with more stuff in a bit. Okay, let's talk about some more stuff. How about some spicy foods? Some benefits of spicy foods and why they're good for you. Eating spicy food six or seven days a week, even just once a day, lowered morality rates by 14%, according to a large study that was done at the Harvard and China National Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Sadly, the benefits are even larger if you skip the margarita or Corona with your spicy taco. Well, that's no fun. You gotta have something to wash the spice down. As I love spicy foods, but my wife can't stand them. She can't even stand extra pepper and stuff. So, it's like, it really sucks when you can't just enjoy cooking things the way you'd like to. And then you gotta make stuff two separate ways to so you can enjoy it. Or make it the light way and then add spicy stuff to it. It's just not the same. And when you cook the spices in your food, it tastes way better than when you're just adding hot sauce and stuff to your foods. When it cooks in, it absorbs it more and becomes part of the umami. Let's see. Spicy foods... Are known to speed up your metabolism. Certain spices like cumin, cinnamon, turmeric, peppers, and chilies can raise your metabolic resting rate and slow down your appetite. One study also found that turmeric suppressed fat tissue growth in mice. So putting a little Cinnamon on your roll probably isn't going to aid in weight loss, but if you've reached a plateau in your weight loss journey, spicing it up may help it out a little bit. 
spices are good against inflammation. Curcumin, a compound in turmeric, may reduce inflammation in the body. In Ayurvedic medicine, the anti-inflammatory properties of ginger and garlic have been used for centuries to treat a range of conditions like arthritis, autoimmune disorders, and even headaches and nausea. Uh, Spices may help fight cancer cells. Capsaicin, an active component of chili peppers, has been shown to slow and destroy cancer cells. Uh, Spices help kill bacteria. Cumin and turmeric have been shown to have powerful antioxidant and antimicrobial properties where they can be used against harmful bacteria in the body. Let's see. They have a few interesting little recipe ideas here. Uh... A spicy avocado toast with egg. Now, I'm not big on a goopy have a, a big pile of avocado on stuff. Kind of just pulls away. But basically take a half a right av- ripe avocado, seed and peel removed, a tablespoon of olive oil, two large eggs, one sliced or two slices toasted sandwich bread, salt and black pepper to taste, a teaspoon of red pepper flakes, two tablespoons of crumbled katjia cheese or feta, C-O-T-G-I-A, cheese, I've never heard of it. In a small bowl, mash the avocado using a fork until it reaches consistency that you like, uh, and set it aside. In the small nonstick skillet, heat olive oil over medium-high heat. Gently crack in the eggs and cook to your liking. Remove from heat and set aside. Uh, I personally like mine over easy, just so you get a little bit of that runny yolk when you bite into it. Uh, then spread half the avocado mash onto a slice of toast and season it with a pinch of salt and black pepper. Top with a fried egg, half a teaspoon of red pepper flakes, and one tablespoon of katia katia cheese or feta cheese. Then repeat it on the other piece of toast. Not a bad recipe. I could see doing that. Uh, They have cinnamon spice pepitas. Combining... uh, Oh, you just... Basically, I would assume just combine the spices to it, but you're going to want to, well, pepitas are basically like pumpkin seeds. Uh, Cooking pumpkin seeds is easy. You can roast them in your oven in under 10 minutes for the perfect crunchy snack. You can just roast them at like 350. Uh, Mix together the ingredients in a bowl. Spread them out on a sheet pan lined with parchment paper. 
and roast in the oven at 400 degrees Fahrenheit for six minutes. Basically, your ingredients that you'll need are pepitas, which is basically standard white-shelled pumpkin seeds. Uh, if you want to use those, but, but pepitas have the best flavor and texture and are the best type of seed to use for this recipe. Maple syrup uh, helps concentrate the flavors of the seeds. You can substitute the maple syrup with honey if desired, but it will change the flavor. Ground cinnamon, you can omit, but the flavor will be, flavor will be different. And then ground cayenne. Pinch of cayenne doesn't make these papitas spicy hot. It adds a nice kick when combined with the other ingredients. Add more or less to adjust the spice. And then you can store it roasted in the oven at 400 degrees Fahrenheit for six minutes after you mix it all up and spread it out on a pan. Uh, you can store the roasted papitas in an airtight container for up to two weeks. Or a zip-top bag or plastic or glass container works fine for storage also. But that's a nice little simple snack that you could do. Uh, there's a lemon, well we talked about the lemon ginger, term. well this one's a lemon ginger turmeric iced tea. Whereas the other thing we did was a, I don't know, was it lemon and turmeric that we're mixing together but basically with this one uh, you're going to need one and a half quarts water a half a lemon sliced or rough chopped or more to taste rind included one inch of ginger root rough chopped or more to take more for taste a uh, big dash of turmeric, a big dash of cinnamon, two tablespoons maple syrup, more or less to taste. I love these type of recipes. It's the way I like to cook. Fill a two-quart pot about three-quarters full with water. Add in all your other ingredients. Bring it to a boil on the stove. Reduce the heat and simmer for 10 minutes. Then remove it from heat and allow the drink to cool off. Strain it into a glass jar. You're good to go. You can chill it overnight in the fridge for an iced tea, or you can enjoy it hot straight away, or a little bit of both. But if you're planning on making a larger batch, uh, just note that after a day or so in the fridge, you'll need to shake it and then strain it through a sieve into your glass to avoid getting any re residue in your cup. But it's a nice, simple recipe, too. Cumin rice. Uh, which I like. There's a lot of variety. Jasmine rice is one of my favorites. I would have to say for a side rice. But if you want to try the cumin rice, which I'm just not a fan of cumin, but... One tablespoon butter, two teaspoons cumin seeds. I like how they price this all out. 11 cents for the butter, 30 cents for the seeds. <laughs> 1.5 cups long grain jasmine rice. There's the jasmine rice. Ah, that stuff's good. Why even ruin it with cumin? One clove garlic, half a teaspoon salt, three cups of water. 
Add the butter and cumin seeds to a medium sauce pot. Saute the seeds in the butter over a medium low heat for one to two minutes. It's just to break them and get that flavor going. Uh, or just until the butter starts to turn golden brown. Don't let the butter burn. Add the uncooked rice to the pot and continue to stir and cook for two to three minutes more to toast the rice. Mince the garlic and add to, uh, I'm getting a little jam up here. But you mince the garlic and add it to the pot along with the salt and water and stir to combine. Place the lid on the pot, turn the heat up to high, and let the liquid come to a boil. Once it reaches a boil, turn the heat dang it, down to low and let it simmer with the lid for 15 minutes. After 15 minutes, turn off the heat and let it sit undisturbed for 10 more minutes before lifting the lid. <clears throat> After resting for 10 minutes, remove and... Remove the lid, fluff with a fork, and serve. You're good to go. My page went out on me, so I had to try and work around that. But, but yeah, you can, spicy foods are good for you. There's plenty of ways you can add spice, but I prefer cooking it in instead of adding it to it. That way it's definitely got a better flavor. Gets it into the ingredients and makes it more potent. Potent sometimes, like I love doing chili contests, chili cook-offs. And my chili, if I can bring the chili to a cook-off, I'll cook it three days ahead. Because every day it sits, the spice gets stronger, but more flavorful. It doesn't get stronger and harsher. It gets stronger and smoother, if you do it right. But if I have to do a cook it right then and there, and then they try it. Then I'll go more with, I'll usually more use more dry seasonings then because the dry seasonings have more of an impact and are more flavorful in my opinion. Whereas liquid seasonings will just, the oils and stuff break out too much. And that's why it's better for those, I think, to sit longer. That's just my opinion. Alright, some medicinal plants. What do we got out here? There's lots of good herbs and spices and stuff we can use throughout life. Things that you can grow in your house simply and use on your own. Start out with ginkgo. It's one of the oldest tree species. Uh, gink the ginkgo tree is considered a living fossil, with fossils dating from 270 million years ago. These trees can live up to 3,000 years. Uh, studies say that ginkgo can treat patients with mild to moderate dementia and can slow cognition de decline in dementia in Alzheimer's patients. Recent research 
looked into components that can help diabetes. It might influence bone healing. Ginkgo could be beneficial for dementia, Alzheimer's, eye health, inflammation, diabetes, bone healing, anxiety, and depression. Uh, Long-term use may increase chance of thyroid and liver cancer, which has been seen in rats, so take that into consideration. It's known to be hard on the liver, so liver enzymes may need to be monitored. It can interact with blood thinners. Ginkgo seeds are poisonous if ingested. Side effects can include headache, upside stomach, dizziness, and allergic reaction. Ginkgo use needs to be discussed with your doctor because of numerous drug interactions. So take that into consideration instead of just going out and getting your ginkgo biloba and going ape shit on it. <laughs> Don't want to overdo it. Turmeric has been used as a medicinal herb for 4,000 years. It's a tentpole of an Indian alternative medicine practice called Ayurveda. I know there's a different way to say that stupid word, but I say it how it's spelled. So, Turmeric can be beneficial for pain caused by inflammatory diseases like arthritis, prevents cancer, stopping DNA mutations, and several skin diseases. When used as a supplement, people tend to take too much, so it can be difficult to trust the dosage and quality. Safety increases when ingested as an herb in cooking or tea. Long-term use can be put, potentially cause stomach problems. And turmeric has low bioavailability Consuming with pepper can help your body absorb more of its benefits. And some different herbs have that where they give you extra benefits by combining them with other items. So that's why it's always good to research stuff and talk to your medical staff and your people around you. Evening primrose oil. Their flowers are also called moonflowers because they bloom as the sun begins to set. People often say they smell like lemons. It can be beneficial for PMS, mild skin conditions, breast pain, menopause, inflammation, diabetic neuropathy, multiple sclerosis, PCOS, which I don't know what that is, and blood pressure. Things you gotta consider are it interacts with some blood clotting medications. Its safety during pregnancy is uncertain. It may interfere with drug absorption during HIV treatment. And it interacts with lithium for bipolar disorder. And long-term use may not be safe. Take all in moderation. Flax seeds. Are one of a handful of plant-based sources for omega-3 fatty acids. Other sources include chia seeds, walnuts, and soybeans. Uh, they can, flax seeds can be beneficial for decreasing obesity, 
regulating blood pressure, preventing colon cancer, inflammation, and hot flashes. Flaxseed can affect estrogen production in women, especially if they have a history of cancer or are pregnant. And don't eat raw or unripe flax seeds as they can be toxic. That's nice to know. Tea tree oil is derived from the leaves of a tree that's native to Queensland and New South Wales, Australia. Can be beneficial for acne, athlete's foot, cuts, dandruff, and insect bites. Uh, tea tree oil is poisonous if taken orally. Your skin could experience an allergic reaction. It may influence hormones. And long-term use is not recommended. Euchanasia. Some of the earliest people to use euchanasia as a medicinal herb were Native Americans. The first archaeological evidence dates back to the 18th century. Euchanasia could be beneficial for colds, immunity, bronchitis, and upper respiratory infections. It can be tough on the digestive tract and upset the stomach. And allergic reactions are possible, which I would think would be possible with everything. Grapeseed extract contains the same anti antioxidants found in wine and can be beneficial for cancer, lowering LDL, your bad cholesterol, leg vein circulation, edema, and blood pressure. Proce proceed with caution if you take blood thinners or blood pressure medications or if you're about to go in for surgery. It may reduce iron absorption. Lavender, which I just love adding to meats. Or no, I'm sorry about that. Lavender is great for aromatherapy in the house. I'm thinking of something else. But lavender was first brought to Provence, France by the Romans 2,000 years ago. It's beneficial for anxiety, stress, blood pressure, and migraines. It can cause skin irritation. It's poisonous if taken orally. And it may disrupt hormones when applied undiluted. So definitely don't add it to your meat. Yeah. Just, for some reason. <laughs> I was thinking of something else when I seen that. Chamomile. There are two types of chamomile. There's German chamomile. An annual that thrives in the Midwest. And Roman chamomile which is a perennial that attracts pollinators and smells like apples. It can be beneficial for anxiety, stress, insomnia, and cancer. It can cause allergic reactions. There's been reports of anaphylaxis. It can interact with blood thinners, so be careful with those if you want to. Use something that's going to affect anything that you're already taking. So, 
Look into your medications, talk with your doctors, let them know what you're considering, what you're trying, what you're playing around with. Let's see if there's anything beneficial by doing it. And if there is, maybe you can use it for something like that. Uh, other than that, I think we're going to leave it there for today. Hope you got something beneficial health-wise out of this. Something that you might want to try or might want to use to help your journey with your inflammation issues and your other issues, your autoimmune issues, your, your chronic disease issues, whatever you're dealing with. And then, like I said, tomorrow I go in to see a doctor again, first appointment of the new year. One that I've been really looking forward to, getting big old needles jammed in my knees, get my knees pumped full of goodness so I can start walking normal again, or somewhat normal, for a few minutes a day until my gait gives out. And then we got a couple other appointments this month later on, but starting out with this one, and I... May or may not also get my feet injected when I'm there. We'll see. Uh, I think that's the same doctor that does my feet and my knees. I can't keep track of them anymore. There's so many of them. Oh, he's getting mixed up. But I'm falling asleep here all of a sudden. All right. Let's end it there. Be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Kick shed monster. Stay healthy. Stay happy, and we will get back to you probably tomorrow. Be good.